Part Two, Chapter Fourteen of Home Education Series, Volume One, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Bosk. Home Education Series, Volume One, Home Education, by Charlotte Mason. Part Two, Chapter Fourteen. The children require country air. The children require country air. The essential proportion of oxygen. Everyone knows that the breathing of air, which has lost little of its due proportion of oxygen, is the essential condition of vigorous life and of fine physique. Also, that whatever produces heat, whether it be animal heat, or the heat of fire, candle, gas lamp, produces that heat at the expense of oxygen contained in the atmosphere, a bank which is drawn upon by every breathing and burning object. That in situations where much breathing and burning are going on, there is a terrible drain upon this vital gas. That the drain may be so excessive that there is no longer sufficient oxygen in the air to support animal life, and death results. That where the drain is less excessive, but still great, animal life may be supported, and people live a flaccid, feeble life in a state of low vitality. Excess of Carbonic Acid Gas Also we know that every breathing and every burning object expels a hurtful gas, carbonic acid. A very small proportion of this gas is present in the purest atmospheric air, and in that small proportion is healthful. But increase that quantity by the action of furnaces, fires, living beings, gas lamps, and the air is rendered unwholesome, just in proportion to the quantity of superfluous carbonic acid gas it contains. If the quantity be excessive, as when many people are huddled together in a small, unventilated room, speedy death by suffocation is the result. Unvitiated, unimpoverished air. For these reasons, it is not possible to enjoy fullness of life in a town. For grown-up people, the stimulus of town life does something to make up for the impurity of town air. As on the other hand, Country people too often forfeit their advantages through the habit of mental sluggishness they let themselves fall into. But for the children, who not only breathe but grow, who require proportionably more oxygen than adults need for their vital processes, it is absolutely cruel not to give them very frequent, if not daily, copious draughts of unvitiated, unimpoverished air, the sort of air that can be had only remote from towns. Solar Light but this is only one of the reasons why, for health's sake alone, it is of the first importance to give children long days in the open country. They want light, solar light, as well as air. Country people are ruddier than town folk. Miners are sallow. So are the dwellers in cellars and in sunless valleys. The reason is that to secure the ruddy glow of perfect health, certain changes must take place in the blood the nature of which it would take too long to explain here, and that these changes in the blood, marked by the free production of red corpuscles, appear to take place most favorably under the influence of abundant solar light. 
What is more, men of science are beginning to suspect that not only the colored light rays of the solar spectrum, but the dark heat rays and the chemical rays minister to vitality in ways not yet fully understood. A Physical Ideal for a Child There was a charming picture in Punch some time ago of two little boys airing their English French on their mother's new maid. Two noble little fellows, each straight as a dart, with no superfluous flesh, eyes well opened, head erect, chest expanded, the whole body full of spring even in repose. It was worth looking at, if only as suggesting the sort of physique we delight to see in a child. No doubt the child inherits the most that he is, in this respect as in all others. But this is what bringing up may, with some limitations, effect. The child is born with certain natural tendencies, and according to his bringing up, each such tendency may run into a blemish of person or character, or into a cognate grace. Therefore, it is worth while to have even a physical ideal for one's child, not, for instance, to be run away with by the notion that a fat child is necessarily a fine child. The fat child can easily be produced, but the bright eye, the open regard, the springing step, the tones clear as a bell, the agile, graceful movements that characterize the well-brought-up child, are the result not of bodily well-being only but of mind and soul according well, of a quick, trained intelligence, and of a moral nature habituated to the joy of self-control. End of Part 2, Chapter 14